the volume. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Superchargers, headlights, and more eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Back at it again. Uh, Hope everyone's having a good Tuesday. Hell, maybe you're listening to this on a Wednesday. Hopefully you're having a good week. Uh, I just watched the Monday Night Football game. Kind of. Was in and out. I mean, it was terrible. But was locked in toward the end. Obviously watched the Mannings and Brady. It was fantastic. Have a thought of something Tom Brady said. We'll talk a little bit about Jameis and Seattle situation. We'll we'll dive deep into some quarterback situations all around the league. Uh, Zach Wilson situation. I, I went in depth on the mismanagement of the Jets situation. I recorded actually earlier in the day before the Joe Flacco trade. I actually think everything I said still rings true. And the trade like Joe Flacco having a guy like that, uh, they should have done this in the offseason. You'd want a veteran presence. So I didn't know of the trade at at the time I recorded that segment, but it's still, to me, it not only holds up, it it even kind of brings it in even more to light. Uh, Derek Carr, the Raiders, they're rolling. Very, very impressive win. It really was. And then, of course, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up into those DMs. Also talked a little bit about McVay and Shanahan uh, and how their careers, it feels like, are going in opposite directions very, very quickly. Uh, Also, leave a review if you could. Apple iTunes. I know many of you have. I greatly appreciate it. It helps us uh, with the show. Main takeaway is Jameis... I get into depth about Sam Darnold and he has some flaws. James is the same thing. 
he is just a very, very flawed quarterback. Uh, that, that play at the end of the game, the tight end screen when he would have walked into the game, and they, they panned to Jameis on the sideline, and he says, I, you know, bleeped up, fucked up. Uh, that's the non-PG you know PG version. I might as well just say it the first time. I don't know why I censored myself. Peyton had to censor himself, though Marshawn did not censor himself. Is that, like, that's Jameis Winston in a nutshell. And I know the Saints right now are 4-2, and two, but I, I don't know, man. They, they play Tampa this week. I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them. He's just, he's just not good enough. He just simply is not got not good enough. Their defense is good. Sean Payton's good. Alvin Kamara's a star. He just can't trust Jameis Winston. If Sean Payton can get Jameis Winston and the Saints to 10 wins, that is really, really impressive. Uh, <laughs> I will be shocked. I, I think they end up 8-9 wins just because his fatal flaws against... I mean, if Russell Wilson plays this game, the Saints 100% lose. Uh, so it's just, I, I think it's going to be tough sledding as long as Jameis is your quarterback. Now I give Sean Payton a ton of credit. I don't think he had many options. Clearly what's his name? Taysom Hill, you know, can't really function game in game out as a quarterback, but J- Jameis is just a reckless player. He's not an accurate player. Balls are flying all over the place. I know it was raining and I know Seattle's a tough place to play, but still it's, it's hard to trust that player. It just is. There, there's a reason Arians, whether they got Tom or not, like he he couldn't have gone on with Jameis Winston because they wouldn't have been able to make the playoffs with the guy. Uh, and, and listen, I, I want to like Jameis, but I, I just have a hard time to as a player because I think his decision-making, and I just don't think he's that accurate uh, of a quarterback. And in 2021, with the rules, you got to be pretty accurate. It's not like without Michael Thomas, they don't exactly have these big high-point wide receivers. He's got little speed guys. You see some of these throws. It looks like I'm watching a college game. Like, where the hell is this ball going? And it flies over like seven people. It's just, just makes you shake your head. It hit me, though, at the end of the game. And listen, Russell's hurt. Seattle's built like a basketball team. The moment he goes away, what are they going to do? But Seattle and San Francisco. Seattle's the defending champs. San Francisco was the betting favorite coming into the season to win the NFC West are a combined four and nine. Are a combined four and nine. Seattle does not have their first round pick. The 49ers do not have their first round pick. And it's really just the power of the NFL. Now, obviously, Seattle, a big part of the reason they're two and five is Russell got hurt. But still, it was clear early on this team was not that good. They were flawed when Tennessee came back on them. Something was just up. Even that first half against the 49ers, it was just, it looked off. The Shane Waldron experiment uh, hiring him from the Rams has not gone well. And, you know, I don't hold Geno against him. Like, Geno's just not that good. What are you going to do? But those are two teams that are, you know, I don't even know what to say. In absolute shambles, neither of them have first-round picks. So it's not like, you know, if this season goes to shit. Now, Russell, is he going to demand a trade this offseason? Who knows? Uh, I know people in Seattle are clearly not confident that he is just going to stick it out and be a member of the squad for years to come. I mean, he did that last year after they went 12-4 and and hosted a playoff game. What's he going to act like when they win six games? They go 6-11, and no first-round pick. I think he's going to say bye-bye. I think he's going to want to go somewhere else. But where is he going to go? I, I can't even pretend to know. I mean, he's a different cat. He's on the field pregame running, you know, two-minute drills by himself with his broken finger. But... I never argued he's a great player, but it does feel like this offseason, 
is going to be a tipping point. I don't know if Pete doesn't come back. I don't know if Russell forces a trade. But if I was a Seattle fan, I would really try. Hopefully, you soaked up this last decade because it was sweet. Your team was awesome. You won a Super Bowl. You went to another. You've got to experience Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll chomping down on his juicy fruit on the sideline. But it feels like uh, we're headed upstream, up Shit's Creek without a paddle right now. And there's a waterfall coming. And you don't have the ability to get off the boat. And it feels like you're about to tumble down that waterfall. And who knows what the hell is going to happen. But it, it might not be pretty. The other thing, I mean, having Tom Brady, I didn't watch much of the Drew Brees. I was watching the actual broadcast. But watching Tom on with Peyton and Eli, he said something. And I don't think that most people watching quite understood, like, this guy is such a machine. It's Monday. After they just beat the living you-know-what out of the Bears, he threw a 600 touchdown. He comes on with Peyton and Eli, and this guy on the Saints makes a play. And Tom goes, oh, that's the rookie corner from Stanford. He's a really good player. And he, and he listed off a couple of his attributes, like he already knew his strengths and weaknesses. And then he tells Tom and Eli, he's like, yeah, I was, I was watching Saints film today. So I immediately go to Tampa's schedule. Of course, they play the Saints this week. Tom Brady on Monday... He is two days away from Wednesday when they get the game plan, was already diving into the Saints and clearly had a scouting report on their entire defensive backfield. This is the greatest quarterback of all time who is in the peak of his powers, who just threw a 600 touchdown, grinding like he's a second-year player. I think one of the greatest attributes for any person that's great at their profession is discipline. That has the discipline to sustain just the great habits of whatever that profession demands. And Tom's discipline, it's more than just the avocado ice cream or going to bed early. It's just he keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. If I would have said, hey, you know what Tom did this Monday? Not a damn thing. They won that game. He went out with his family, had some drinks. He just laid around, Netflix and chilled, kicked it with his family laid in bed with his beautiful wife and did who knows what, you know, and just had a good old day. No one, and I mean no one, would have been like, you know, Tom's just not working hard. You would have been like, Tom deserves that. Take a deep breath, Tom. You can get into the Saints Tuesday. That's not how the goat's wired, man. That guy is a machine of ass kicking. He never, ever stops. He said something on Tom vs. Time. He said, if you're going to beat me, you better dedicate your life to this because I have. Can you imagine competing against that guy? Honestly, he reminds me of Tiger Woods, like in the, in the peak of his powers. Like, how do you beat Tiger Woods? He practices more than you. He works harder than you. He's already better than you, and he wants it more than you. He's already super rich. He's already super famous. He ain't in it for that. He ain't in it for the money. He ain't in it for the fame. He's in it to beat your ass every Sunday. And it's really borderline impossible to outwork him. Because every time you think you're working, he's also working. And that moment, you're like, I'm going to put my feet up and take a deep breath. He's still working. The work ethic on these human beings that are great in any profession, just know this. I mean, I'm paranoid of it. Every time, you know, take a little time off or, you know, maybe I'll just go watch some TV. It's like, am I getting outworked? (laughs) And the reality is you probably are. You know, we all, you know, these thoughts cross our mind, but to hear Brady and he wasn't bragging or anything. He was just stating that he knew the guy because he had just watched the guy. 
But most players in the NFL, even quarterbacks, might take Monday off. The dude's diving into it. He is just, I mean, the bar has been set. And I, I think it'll be very, very difficult. Obviously, no one's ever probably throwing 600 touchdowns or you know, winning seven Super Bowls. But I think it'll be very, very difficult to ever match his discipline. You're saying I can't have a cheeseburger during the season? You're saying I can't go out with the boys? You're saying, like, I, I, I just, I marvel at it. As someone who struggles with the discipline as an eater, uh, you know, working out has never been my problem. My, my problem is diet. The discipline of eating a good diet consistently. Anyone can go a week. Anyone can fast for a couple days. Anyone can eat a couple salads. Can you do it for a month straight? And I know some people that are healthy eaters are listening to this. Like, it's not that hard. You just got to get over the hump. Well, it is difficult for a lot of people. And it's obviously, it's his diet. It's sleep. It's his drive. It's his study habits. His study habits. This guy, procrastination, he doesn't even know what that is. I mean, they're probably going to kick the Saints' ass this week. How's Jameis going to beat that guy? How's anyone going to beat this guy? How, how, how is Tampa Bay not going to win the Super Bowl again? I, I'd find it hard-pressed not to bet on them to win it all right now. FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every NFL game day. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet the same game parlay, bet three legs or more, and if you bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back. Up to $10. FanDuel's easy to use, it's safe and secure, easy payouts, as little as two hours. It's America's number one sportsbook. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. That's why I'm doing it. So lock in your bet on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, they're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that. Just sign up with promo code COLIN, and if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back inside credit. That's promo code COLIN. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. In Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus 150 See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com. Colorado, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-N-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-800-27-717. For confidential help, Minnesota, Tennessee, Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Tennessee, visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia, or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42, Arizona. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, it's Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. 
they play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, I I wanted to start with uh, quarterback play from Sunday. And let's face it, Sunday... Most of the games were blowouts. Uh, There was a lot of poor quarterback play. And I know for me as a fan, that's all I am now, going back to when I scouted and even before that, I just have some deal breakers when it comes to the players I like. 
we all, I, I'm sure, you know, it's natural, right? Whether you're a coach in the NFL, whether you're a fan in the NFL, whoever your football team is and the best players you've had on those teams, you usually gravitate toward those skill sets. It's what you like. And for me personally, if you've listened to me for a while, you know I like stronger-armed quarterbacks. Because my, my overall take is it's not a guarantee because you have a strong arm you're going to be a good player. We know that, right? It's just because you have a big arm doesn't mean you're going to be Marino, Elway, or Mahomes. But it does give you a larger margin for error late in the season and in playoff games when the weather changes. As of course, we just had torrential monsoons as you saw in the Sunday night football game in the Bay Area. When we get like three or four inches of rain here, we freak. I mean, it's a disaster. For those of you that live in inclement weather, um, geographical spots around the country, you probably laugh at us, but you know we're not used to it. But I like my quarterbacks to have bigger arms. And it's the baseline for which I, I judge and I value a player. Now, that does not mean because you have a weak arm, you can't be a good player. Steve Young did not have a host. He's an all-time great player. Drew Brees did not have a big arm. All-time great player. Alex Smith did not have a good arm. Went on once he with Harbaugh and then with Coach Reed to have a fantastic career. But they all shared something in common. Their accuracy was elite. I mean, Steve Young was the most accurate quarterback until Drew Brees came around. And Alex Smith, over the last decade, right with Drew Brees, was consistently one of the more accurate players in the league. And because of their arm strength limitations... They were careful with the chances they took and not turning over the ball. They didn't play like Mahomes. They didn't play like Josh Allen. They didn't play like Brett Favre because they couldn't. And I'm looking around yesterday at several quarterbacks who I think their fan base would be like, this guy sucks. We need to get rid of this player. And they all share something in common. They do not have very strong arms. Sam Darnold, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo, Yet, let's start with Sam Darnold, who, listen, I was wrong. I, I said, I, I, I wanted the 49ers to give up a second round pick and do it. I thought the risk reward was worth it. But when we talk about risk reward, sometimes part of doing anything, part of risking anything, you know, you see this in the stock market, you see this when you invest, you see this, you know, if you take a chance on a, on a startup company, you leave an easy, you know, a, a job that's paying the bills and you go, I'm going to take a chance with this up and coming company, it might fail. So anytime you hear risk versus reward like that, there is a risk element. And the risk element for Sam Darnold was he might not be that good. Now I'm biased. Pac-12 guy, I root for him. I watched him at USC. I kind of justified his failures with the Jets as a Jets problem. And I had a buddy in the NFL that was part of a team that was in the quarterback sphere of teams looking for quarterbacks this offseason. He's like, my big issue with the guy is he reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston, the Tampa Bay version. He is not a good decision maker. He turns the ball over a lot. He's reckless. He's reckless with not a great arm. He throws a very catchable ball to defense. To defenders. And right now, he has eight interceptions through seven games. Not good. He was just benched for a guy that was in the AAF. Here's the thing. Again, they took a risk. They gave up a second rounder for him. They also picked up his fifth year option. He is going to be on the books next year for $18 million. There's nothing you can do about that. If he was a free agent, he would not get $18 million on the open market. 
He does not have a great arm. Tua, like, let's face it. I, I, I tweeted yesterday he stinks. I don't think he stinks. He's just not that good. <laughs> you know, I, I just because I compare him to Herbert. And I've said on Herbert's worst days, Tua's best days are probably kind of equal. He will never, ever sniff being that good. Is he? Can one day he be like a functional backup? Yes. Is he a starting quarterback on a team that can win games? I do not believe he is. And if you look at the last couple weeks, they played terrible teams. He makes terrible decisions. He throws a very pickable ball. Like Sam Darnold, there's not much velocity on it. And let's face it, there's a reason that they are constantly in the the rumor sphere for Deshaun Watson. It's because of him. (laughs) If he was Justin Herbert, they would not be involved in these rumors. Jalen Hurts, another guy who just does not have a very strong arm. Now, I think Tua is a better thrower than Sam Darnold, just in terms of accuracy and timing. I think Jalen is the worst of those three. Weak arm, bad decision maker. No, when I say instincts at the position, just no feel and rhythm for the timing of getting the ball out of his hands. I once, you know, famously said I thought he was a running back. And then, you know, early on in his career last year when he came in for Wentz, and that game against the Atlanta Falcons, I thought, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's better than that. Um, it turns out he's not. He, he's not very good at all. And then finally, the most experienced guy of this group, Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo is fascinating because he's he's accomplished more than any of these guys. And I think it's fair to say that none of these three guys will accomplish, accomplish what Jimmy Garoppolo did. He was a starting quarterback on a team that went to the Super Bowl. And he had, like, I, I watched every snap he played that year. He had games that season against the Saints. I think he threw four touchdowns. Uh, he had a final game against Seattle to win the NFC West. I think he went 18-22, and he was fantastic. He's more talented. Let me rephrase that. He accomplished more than these guys will ever, in my opinion. But like these guys, his arm strength is very questionable, and he's not accurate. And like Darnold, he's very reckless. He's not a great decision maker for a guy that's 30 years old, that's studied under Josh McDaniels, studied under Tom Brady, studied under Bill Belichick, and now been with Kyle Shanahan for five years. He is a terrible decision maker. He turns the ball over at way too high of a clip. In a must-win game, he threw two picks and fumbled the ball. Uh, But it's his arm. It's just not very good. Like those guys, when the ball's in the air and he's not that accurate, it's it's very easy for the defender to pick it off because it just kind of floats. And it goes back to what I said. I like my guys to have velocity on their throws. And it's not going to determine your success or failure, but it does impact your ability to be a really good player. And I think all four of these guys, Sam Darnold, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo, share that in common. Their arms are just not good enough. Let's talk about the Jets. And Zach Wilson. I think I, I have respect for any general manager who pulls the trigger on a quarterback really high. It is a difficult decision. It is not easy, especially in a quarterback class where you have three or four options. You could go, you could have taken Mac Jones, you could have taken Trey Lance, you could have taken Justin Fields. They had conviction, they believed in Zach Wilson. And it, whether they're right or wrong, it's early in his career, we have no clue. But they made that decision. They went all in with it. I respect it. It's a lot easier to make suggestions than decisions. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, they put all their chips in the middle of the table. So I have nothing against, though, I would have taken 
Fields or Lance, just because I think they're physically more gifted. Uh, Joe Douglas, very well respected. I know people that have worked with him. I think he's has a long track record of uh, evaluating players, quarterbacks. We'll see. But I, I respect the guy. When you're going to take a quarterback really high and your team is going to suck, because let's face it, the Jets hired Robert Sala two years ago. Under no circumstances was he in the mix to be a head coach. They made LaFleur, who is Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, the head coach at Green Bay. He'd never been a coordinator. Their defensive coordinator had never been a coordinator. Their special teams coach had never been a coordinator. And obviously, Sala had never been a head coach. So their three coordinators and their head coach had never been in their positions. They were brand new to the job. Zach Wilson had spent his entire life in Utah. And you're going to bring these three coordinators, plus a head coach, plus a rookie quarterback, to New York. The ultimate pressure cooker. And as someone who comes from a smaller town in California, when I went to Philly and I worked you know, in the NFC East and obviously playing the Giants, but just feeling the markets of Philly, D.C., New York, it's intense. It is something that we cannot relate to out on the West Coast. That would be California, that would be Colorado, that would be Utah, that would be Nevada, Arizona. We do not have similar mindsets out here, just in terms of our personalities. It is completely foreign to us. And yesterday he gets hurt, gets hurt. Zach Wilson, uh, sprains or strains his PCL, not a doctor, not even quite sure what that means, but he's clearly going to miss, as Schefter said, a couple games, two to four weeks. Listen, their team's bad. They had a bunch of injuries. I don't blame the coaches or the GM for Zach Wilson getting hurt. Young players get injured. That happens. There's nothing you can do. It's football. Guy, people overreact sometimes to injuries, uh, though it does feel like they've never had happened at a at like a higher clip. But it's part of the sport. You can get hurt training in the offseason. You can get hurt lifting weights. You can get hurt in training camp. You get hurt in practice. You can get hurt in games. It's a violent game. It's why big part why I love it. <laughs> I like the violence. I'll never apologize for it. A lot of us do. It's why ratings are up. Let's face it. Even though the game is clearly less violent than it was when you know most of us were kids, but still, it is it is the most violent of all the team sports. Uh, and, and it's just there's collisions on every play. It's part of the deal. But I think it was malpractice to not have a veteran quarterback in that group. Mike White is the backup. I had to Google who he was. Now, once I realized he was on the Cowboys drafted in the fifth round, but he was drafted in 2018. How could you not have a guy, an Andy Dalton, a Nick Foles, a player, a Joe Flacco, anybody, a guy who had been in the league for a decade plus that Zach Wilson could just go to dinner with, could just go over to his house with that guy and his wife, that just could spend time with during the week and talk about quarterback things. Because his coordinator, a younger guy in his 30s, never coordinated. Now, they did have Greg Knapp, who had been a longtime quarterback coach and offensive coordinator in the NFL. And he had a tragic incident that actually happened about 15 minutes from where I'm sitting right now in Danville, California. I think it, I think it happened in the summer. He got hit by a car and died. I mean, it's fucking terrible. And so they, they did you know, have an elder statesman on the coaching staff. But to not have a player of a veteran presence for this guy to lean on, to me, is borderline malpractice. I think it's insane. I think it is the the number one thing that you could ding Robert Sala and Joe Douglas for. 
because their team was not going to be any good. They didn't have that much talent. Then their team has been injured. There's, you can't do anything about that. And But Zach Wilson going through ups and downs, having moments where he's throwing picks and struggling, to not have a veteran quarterback that you could just go, hey, man, come over to my house. Let's let's have a cocktail and just bullshit on Sunday night after the game. Hey, man, it's Tuesday afternoon. We're one and six. Just just come over and, and kick it with me and my wife and my, my young children. Just come just come hang. Uh, I'll just I'll just talk to you about football, about life, about just the big picture of this. Because I was listening, uh, Coward had Bruce Arians on his podcast. And Bruce brought up a really good point because uh, Colin asked him about Brady and what it's like to coach, you know, have Tom Brady as a leader on his team. And I think any coach would tell you this from high school up to, up to the highest level in the pros on a team like Tampa Bay. That when you have a great leader as a player who's also your best player, you can say whatever you want as a coach. But eventually, you're going to need players to talk to other players. And Bruce was like, you know, I tell a wide receiver, you know, a coaching point and he won't listen to me. But then Tom says it and the guy does it forever because it resonates with him. And it happens all around the league. It's why I got to take the L on the signing with J.J. Watt with the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Having a guy like that with his credibility and his resume... When he can look at a player and say something, those guys are going to listen potentially more than even a position coach, a coordinator, or the head coach. It matters. And to not have that guy on the offensive side of the ball, to me, is borderline insanity. I think it's a poor job. Now, I'm not saying that would have led to a different record. But when you look at the maturation of a young quarterback, you want to put that guy in a position where he has people to lean on, players to lean on. And I don't think the Jets did a very good job of that. And they're now in a position where the guy's hurt and uh, they have a quarterback starting for him that most of us could not point out of a lineup. A game yesterday that really stood out, I guess it was, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it would have been on Sunday. The Raiders beat the living you-know-what out of the Eagles. They absolutely destroyed them. It was an old-school ass-kicking. If you didn't know anything about the hierarchy of football, you know, how the Raiders haven't been a playoff team, you know, basically one time in the last 20 years, you're just watching that, you'd be like, this is one of the better teams in the league. And right now they are. Technically, they're the two seed. They are in first place. Uh, even though the Chargers beat them, Chargers want to buy, but right now they would be the two seed. It's a long way to go, so it's pointless to even say that. But they're, they're a playoff level team. And clearly the elephant in the room with that franchise is John Gruden. And the situation that took place a couple years, removing him. And listen, I I grew up, my my dad was an old school, he was older. I mean, he was born in the 40s. Old school, conservative guy, tight, didn't drink, uh, just intense. We had high standards in my family in terms about schoolwork, about athletics, just about when, when he said something, you had to follow through. It was just intense, especially when I was young. I, I was his first kid. Uh, it was just an intense environment. Now, as I probably got into high school, definitely in college in my 20s, mellowed out like most people, you know, I think parents just do. It was much easier on my little brother. But for me, it was just tense. There, there was a tense environment in my home. Uh, and it just, it can take a lot out of you. You know, you're always kind of on eggshells, right? Of just like, am I living up to it? Am I doing a good job? Is he going to be pissed off? It was just, can everyone just take a deep breath? And finally, as I got older, everyone started taking a deep breath and we could just relax and just we became really close and really good friends. And it it becomes a different environment. Anyone listening to this who's 
you know, as you're graduating college or in your late 20s, your relationship changes with your parents. It's cool. I mean, it's, it's one of the more powerful things in your life. And listen, I, I've been having worked in college football and the pros. It can be a really, really difficult relationship for, with certain coaches, with certain players, right? They're just, they're, they're just, they're, I, scared is the wrong word, but you never feel comfortable. And there was a level with John Gruden, like, let's face it, I, I'd said for years, he was much more famous than he was a good coach. Because when you said John Gruden, he was as famous as Andy Reid, as Sean Payton, as Bill Belichick, as Pete Carroll, as Saban. I mean, he was, he was as famous as any coach in the NFL but or college. But unlike all those guys I just listed, they've won a lot recently. John hasn't won since like the mid-2000s. He's become, he became like a caricature. And clearly the players, it was just a weird environment. And you removed him from that environment the last two weeks. The Raiders have looked free. They have just looked like there's a burden lifted off their shoulders. We no longer have to prove every single minute of every single day, Monday through Sunday, to John Gruden's standards, which you could argue are like not even realistic, right? It's like we don't even know what he really expects because it's clearly not really working. But removing him, like you watch that Eagles game, I watch Derek Carr and I just see a guy who's free, who's relaxed, who was clearly comfortable in the offense, but had spent the last three and a half years, every single snap, every single day, trying to prove to John Gruden he was worthy to be his quarterback. Like John Gruden was Bill Walsh or something. When you really look like, how many good quarterbacks has John Gruden actually coached? Rich Gannon? Beside that, like, who, who was he some quarterback guru on? But he had that mantra. He, he, that was kind of the way people described him. That was the way we thought about him. John Gruden, quarterbacks, Gruden grinders. And there's like an intensity lifted. And having been around Derek since high school and seen him at Fresno State and followed his Fresno State career once I went to the Eagles, Derek had a lot of success at Fresno State. He is not like some angry player. Derek smiles. Derek enjoys football. Gruden is like this ultimate grinder that just is always mad and always angry and always screaming F-bombs at players. Saw a quote after the Denver game. Josh Jacobs was like, yeah, our sideline was just a lot more relaxed. We didn't have everyone yelling at each other. He's ba- this Josh Jacobs played for Nick Saban in Alabama. He was like, yeah, it was just much easier to kind of function on the sideline. Basically saying, like, thank God this guy's gone. And Derek Carr just had a game. Uh, in the modern era of the NFL, it is the second most uh, accurate completion percentage game behind Drew Brees a couple years ago. I think went 29 of 30 for the Saints. Derek went uh, 30, uh, I think of 33. He was 91%. If you're in the 90% tiles as a com- in terms of completion percentage, even in 2021, and you have over 30 attempts, that's incredible. Like Derek is playing and he was playing really well, but now I watch a guy that just, he can just relax. He can just have the burden of John Gruden staring at him, about to scream at him. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore because Derek was already, he's been a team captain before John Gruden ever showed up. Derek had played well before John Gruden ever became the head coach of the Raiders. And then there was this pressure the moment John got there of like, can Derek prove himself? John's always, you know, chasing around all these quarterbacks. John's going to try to replace Derek. He no longer has to worry about that. 
He's the best player. I guess Waller's technically the best player on the team. But when you're the quarterback, you're the most important player on the team. And he can just play football now. And as just a fan of football and as a fan of Derek, it was refreshing to watch these last couple weeks because the Raiders have had a lot of talent. But for whatever reason, I, I saw someone tweeted this the other day, like John Gruden's the only coach in the modern playoff era to go six and three multiple times and miss the playoffs every single time. Like th- there was an intensity to John Gruden that just wore out players. And as, as someone, I mean, I can't relate ever playing for John Gruden, but I've been around intense people if you're not super wired like that, not everyone is motivated by that. If anything, it can diminish whatever your talent and abilities are. Now, if you're motivated like that, like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning, and you're just kind of like this chip on your shoulder, kind of you got this asshole mentality. I'm not saying that in a negative way. That's fine. But some guys, you you talk to any coach, you talk to any teacher. Hell, you, you think about your own family. You know, if you have three or four kids in your own family, if you're whether as a parent or whether as a sibling, you know you're all wired differently. Hell, you get two dogs from the same litter, and one dog's personality is the polar opposite of the other dog's personality. It's no different with players. So John's personality might have resonated with a couple guys, but it probably didn't resonate with other guys. And clearly, he wasn't getting the most out of it. It was not working. So Mark Davis should uh, thank his lucky stars that this all happened because he got to rid himself of potentially, I don't want to say Gruden was the entire problem because he's a big reason that a lot of these guys are on the roster. He's a big reason Darren Waller's on the roster. He's a big reason Max Crosby's on the roster. He's a big reason Henry Ruggs is on the roster. So it wasn't like he was some complete failure. And he was, you know, starting to kind of head in the right direction, kind of. But I I think by no means would John Gruden, would they have been a lock to win these last two games? I have no chance. They, They probably drop one of the two of them. Uh, but with Derek Carr and his their head coach, Rich Biscaccia, I, I, it's a tough name to say, Italian name, said that Derek Carr is basically the voice of the team now. And Derek just gets to do that. And he does it more with like joy and love than Gruden style of just anger and F-words. And as someone that swears a lot, I'm not a, uh, anti-F-words, but it, not, it doesn't work with everyone that way. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. 
That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let's get into something in Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And listen, if you go to social media, there is an excuse for everything. You can make, and every human being can make an excuse for anything, right? And listen, sometimes excuses are justified, right? If you if you have a quota every quarter of $500,000 in sales and one quarter, you know, you only sell 100, but you have a long resume of getting the job done, you can say, listen, uh, my kid was sick, I got sick, I was off, whatever. You can, and your boss or the owner of the company, go, no big deal. It's not a problem. But if you have four or five or eight straight quarters of not living up to the numbers of the quotas that you're supposed to hit, like your excuses eventually run dry. In the world I live in, like I either produce or I don't. I either do the, like there's no one to fill in on my podcast. So if I'm sick, last week I was so hungover. I mean, it was, it was insane. I hadn't been that hungover. It felt like in like five years. But I, I have no choice, and it was my own decision to go out hard on Saturday night. Uh, but if I don't do the podcast, it does not get done, and no money is generated. It's just black and white. And I'm sure many people listening, if you got a deli, if, if you got any business, you either do it or it does not get done. It's just a reality of life. And listen, we, we all have different curveballs that come in that you need a day off, that you need a week off. That, that happens. We're all human beings. But eventually, your resume kind of speaks for itself. And the Niners forever have made this excuse about injuries. And it's been valid. They have had more players injured than anything I've ever seen. It's crazy. Guys go down all the time. 
for five straight years. Just guys getting injured, guys getting injured, guys getting injured. And this team, guys are still getting injured. But eventually, your resume as a head coach is simply black and white. You, you get judged on wins and losses. My favorite part about pro sports, you, it's, it's very simple. There is a defined winner and a loser every week. I, I say it all the time. Like, in business, there's not like a defined winner and a loser in business. Because you can always make more money. You know, it's not like you, you can't win like some championship. But in pro sports, it's very definitive. You either win the game, you lose the game. You either win the division, you lose the division. You either make the playoffs, you don't make the playoffs. You either make the Super Bowl, you don't make the Super Bowl. Right? And right now, Sean McVay, here are, here are four numbers that stand out. Sean McVay, 49 and 22 in his career. Kyle Shanahan, 31 and 39. We can make a million excuses. Quarterbacks, injuries. You know, the Niners last year got kicked out of Santa Clara because of these radical politicians and had to play away games in Arizona. That's insanity. So you, we can line them all up. But this year, with Super Bowl expectations, they look terrible. They look god-awful. They look unprepared. And I'm not some Kyle Shanahan hater, though I'm critical of him this year. Because I think any great person, like Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, uh, Steve Jobs, they missed. They had bad six-month stretches. They had bad years. They made bad decisions. You can be great at your job and have poor performances. And right now, Kyle Shanahan is having an awful performance in 2021. I also, I, I can't remember where I wrote this down. We got this little quote section I, I try to keep in my, my notepad in the, on my phone. And I, I think it might have been on some like inspirational, super multimillionaire guy on uh, Instagram. He said, the, the difference between wealthy people and non-wealthy people is the wealthy guy will always take a short-term loss for a long-term gain every fucking time. And I was thinking about this. Like, If, if you're listening to this and you make $100,000... And I, I came to you and I offered you $400,000. I said, leave your job for $400,000. The overwhelming majority of people, and it's guaranteed money. I'll just give you a two-year deal, right? $800,000 would not even flinch. Be like, give me the money. There would be a small percentage of smart people be like, you know, I would take a little less money. Can I get some points in the deal? Can I get some equity in the deal? Can I can I get uh, you know some sales bonuses? They, they, they would negotiate some big picture thoughts because they think big picture. You can't always live short term. Now listen, sometimes you got to worry about feeding your family. I'm not saying that, but anyone to me successful in any walk of life in any industry always thinks big picture. And Kyle Shanahan was obsessed with starting the season with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I could not, for the life of me, I understood Trey Lance had barely played. He had played the one game last season because Division I AA football was canceled and they, their season was canceled. He had no choice. It wasn't, even, it wasn't his fault, but his reps, he was only a one-year starter. He had limited playing time. He was a major project. But once you invest three first-round picks, the only way you learn at quarterback like, obviously, you can learn on the practice field, in the meeting room. You have to learn by playing games. And Kyle Shanahan was obsessed with basically giving him a redshirt year. And I understood when Andy Reid did it with Patrick Mahomes because his starting quarterback was Alex Smith, who had had a long resume of making the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo could not stay healthy. He already got hurt this season. And it forced Trey Lance to get thrown in the game. 
But I didn't get why Kyle Shanahan couldn't go, listen, we might lose some games this year. But in the next couple year span, thinking big picture, I am going to be a mother. Because this guy is going to be so prepared and going to learn so much from potential some failures. That when you see me in 2022, when you see me in 2023, when you see me in 2024, you better be fucking ready. Because I'm going to get this guy so ready. I'm going to get this guy so good. But he was obsessed. Because a lot of coaches are in the short-term mindset. I just got to beat the Eagles this week. I just got to beat Seattle this week. But the reality is, you're not beating any of these teams. You lost four games in a row. Three of them with Jimmy. So you're not winning any games with Jimmy. Andy Reid, the year that he redshirted Patrick Mahomes, they won the AFC West. They clinched the division by week 16, you know, the final week of the season. Mahomes got to play because they had clinched home field. Clearly, Kyle Shanahan had this false sense of his own team. They are not sniffing the playoffs right now. And they have a quarterback who's only got to play one game. And in that game, he got hurt. Where if Kyle could have seen the big picture, like Kyle, you have a six-year contract. You were a guy that like put all your chips in the table. And like I said with Joe Douglas, I admire that. Having some balls, taking a big swing. Most humans in any walk of life are terrified. They love staying in the slow lane. They play it safe. They play scared. That's not the way to win. And it doesn't mean you're always going to dominate in the fast lane, but you got to operate there if you want to win big. The the, the uh, Obviously, the Chiefs did it once upon a time when they traded up for Mahomes. The Bills did it when they traded up for uh, Josh Allen. You got to take big swings. And the Niners did. And then they refused to let the guy fail because they were so obsessed with the short term instead of thinking long term. And I, I don't know, front office people don't think like that. We always thought big picture because we think talent. Jimmy Garoppolo is not that good. For whatever reason, he got worse the last couple of years. And I think a big part of that was he got injured a lot and he doesn't get to practice. And if you don't practice in football, you get worse. This isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. You don't get to play that many games. So you, you have to practice and you got to play. And Jimmy didn't either. And Kyle Shanahan right now is eight games under 500 in his career. And listen, it, Jed York doesn't even care. We, we ain't dealing with some crazy owner. Jed York wants Kyle Shanahan to succeed. Kyle Shanahan is not on some hot seat. I think Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. I think his miscalculation of this situation, because he was obsessed with like winning October in 2021, when he had this quarterback that he paid all these draft picks for, was not just a miscalculation, it was a major mistake. And now he's paying for it, because he's not winning games anyway. Now, Sean McVay's situation, like obviously he got a plug-and-play player in, in, uh, in Matt Stafford. But all Sean McVay does, all he does is win. And win big. He is 27 games over 500. They, they both got head jobs the same year. Now, it was clear right when he got there, the Rams were a little more equipped. But still, we see Jared Goff. It's not like Jared Goff was that good. So this notion that like... I, I just think Kyle needs to do some self-evaluation. Needs to look in the mirror. And it's hard. Kyle Shanahan has power with the 49ers that was like John Gruden with the Raiders. He has unlimited... Every player on the roster is handpicked by him. He is the boss. He has complete control of every decision-making uh, apparatus on the team. The draft, uh, free agency, if a waiver claim. If he says no, the answer is no. And I, I think the way he operated with this quarterback and his faith for whatever reason in Jimmy Garoppolo ha has come back to bite him.
I, I was alerted by my producer, James, that there were some people uh, I, I talked about on Monday about Jamar Chase and his stardom. And I guess a lot of people on the social media streets were like, he's not Randy Moss, though. And Randy Moss, as a rookie, and anyone that's watched the 30 for 30 on Randy, like, Randy shouldn't have been at Marshall, you know. Randy should have been at Florida State or Notre Dame. I mean, he's one of the greatest probably recruits ever. Uh, he's clearly one of the greatest NFL players ever. He's a freak. And then he fell in that draft because of the character concerns, and he ended up on a team, the Minnesota Vikings, who, you know, I think his rookie year, they went to the uh, NFC Championship game, and they lost at home to the to the Dirty Birds. And he was incredible. He scored 17 touchdowns as a rookie. And I don't think Jamar Chase... Justin Jefferson, who also had statistically the greatest rookie season last year of any rookie in terms of catches, like the league's a lot different. When Randy came in the league in the late 90s, uh, no one cared about concussions. You couldn't run over the middle. The, the game was the game was different. The running game was obviously much more of a part of every team's operation, though when he got to Minnesota, they had Chris Carter, who's also a Hall of Famer. They had Robert Smith, who's just who was kind of like a poor man's Marshall Falk. They were awesome. They had a guy, I forget his name, Jake something, 86, ball or two. Their offense was sweet. Jamar Chase goes to the Bengals, who every single person, and I would imagine most Bengal fans listening, did not think the team was going to be very good. And through seven games, pulled up some stats here, that Randy had six touchdowns through seven games. And he went on to have 17. Jamar Chase also has six. And obviously he's got the extra game to work with. But he is on pace, like, he's going to have 17 or 18 touchdowns. Now, if I had to bet, probably more realistically, it'll be like 13 or 14. But I don't think it's inconceivable. Uh, he is, he's different, right? He does not, Randy's probably just, you know, in terms of the top guys, Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss. Like he is just, he's so much different than them all, right? Terrell Owens, Larry, and Calvin were so physical, Right. They were like NBA players. Randy was too, but he was also so, I, I don't even know the right word, eloquent and just smooth and fast, but he could jump and he had it all. I mean, he's just probably one of the most unique athletes in sports history. This guy looks just like he's much smaller, but he's so physical that I, I think he's got a chance to be an all-time great player. And so does his teammate, Justin Jefferson. I mean, who's also killing it this year. But it's pretty remarkable to see how great he is immediately. And unlike Rand, he doesn't have Chris Carter. He, T. Hig T. Higgins, when, when the dust settles and the career ends, I would imagine T. Higgins' career is not Chris Carter's, right? Now, Joe Mixon's pretty good. But what Jamar is doing, and especially yesterday, when everyone in that stadium, on their couch, knew that they were throwing it to him, they couldn't do anything. They, they, they could not stop him. And um, I'm not saying he's going to be Randy Moss or Jerry Rice. But I'd say as a rookie, like Randy, he immediately is, you know, Randy was a top four or five player right away, right? I, I don't know, if, you know, Jamar in a vacuum, just through seven games, is a top 10 wide receiver right now in the NFL. And if you wanted to argue his top five, I, I don't know if I'd push against you. Not with what I've seen, not statistically what he's doing. I mean, he's averaging over 100 yards a game. I mean, it's just 100 yards a game as a rookie for a guy that couldn't catch it a month ago. Right or two months ago now in August. It, it really is remarkable. Uh, it speaks to Joe Burrow, the scout, because he pounded the table. And it's, it's, it's the best part about the NFL is every year, like we don't, we don't really get this in baseball. We definitely don't get this in the NBA. Not a soul saw the Bengals, 
you know, competing to be a playoff team. And honestly, I don't know how you watch them yesterday and go, if, if Burrow and Chase stay healthy, how they are not a playoff team. And it's just something that we consistently get, you know, every fall is a team that no one expected makes the playoffs. And, and if you just make the playoffs, it's not seven game series. It's just one off games. And if they were somehow to win this division, they would get a home game, right? And unlike some of those Marvin Lewis teams that could never win a playoff game, Andy Dalton had major limitations. Like I said, with Darnold, Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Jimmy G, when you do not have a big arm and you play outside in cold weather places, it can expose you fast. And I thought it always did. And Andy played on really, really good teams. And Burrow doesn't have a great arm, but it's better than Andy Dalton. I mean, he's a much better player than Andy Dalton. Now, I don't think this Bengal team on paper is quite as good as some of those Dalton teams. But when you have a quarterback who's this damn good, who knows, man, I I would not discount them, you know, not just making the playoffs, but kind of being a factor if they can stay healthy. Okay, let's go a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Uh, two Fs. The Eagles and Fresno State. Two places I worked right out of college. Neither of them spelled my name right with a nameplate. Always offended me. Kept a little chip on the shoulder. It's like you guys can't even... I guess there wasn't LinkedIn back then, but still, you know, you can't spell, spell my name right. Two Fs. At John Middlecoff. Start with Mike. My question. Why doesn't LSU go after Joe Brady? He seems like everyone is saying Lane, but given all the success Joe had there in 19, wouldn't he be a good fit? He's also young and proven to be able to develop a quarterback. Well, I, I stumbled upon, I don't know if it was like an LSU message board or an article that was written in Baton Rouge. One thing that Brady had told his confidants, and let's face it, it's not, you know, Sam Darnold is a disaster right now. Uh, now, he was a disaster before Joe Brady got there, but it's not like Joe Brady has vaulted his stock with great coaching in terms of the quarterback. Now, I like Joe Brady, but just a couple years ago, he was a quality control guy, right? He, he was not this Mr. Can't-Miss coach. The thing that I read is that people around the LSU program, he hated recruiting. He is a, you know, he is like an NFL wired. He just wants to game plan, talk ball, X's and O's, not recruit the Jimmys and the Joes. And when you coach in college at a program like LSU and you're the head coach, I would imagine he would also be the offensive coordinator. Recruiting, 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 recruiting. It would wear your ass out. And from the story that I had read, uh, and I think you can Google this, is he doesn't want to recruit. And I, I just don't blame him. And I think he just has to keep swinging his pick, and he'll eventually be an NFL head coach. So I, I would say that uh, I'd say that's the reason. They need to get a guy who loves, who's a good coach and loves to recruit. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Urban Meyer, Ryan Day, right? Uh, you know, Mario, you know, he can recruit and he likes to coach. So, you know, their guys, Chris Peterson was like this in college. You know, you can, Chris, you know, uh, Pete, uh, I almost said Chris, Pete Carroll, when he was at USC, total package. Coach defense, even though he wasn't the defensive coordinator, they actually had that bald guy. But you know what I mean? He was, you know, an integral, you know, he loved the coaching aspect, but he loved to recruit. So if you love to recruit and you just treat it like a, a competition in itself, and I think that's what Saban does. He treats recruiting like like a game. And he plans on winning that fucking game. And he does. If the Browns can stay healthy, do you think they have a chance of making noise in the playoffs? Well, they're not even close to healthy. 
So I, I, I would say no, uh, because I, I just do not trust Baker Mayfield in, the, in a playoff game. I even I know he won that game last year, but it was against Roethlisberger. I think when you look at the playoff teams, they'd have to play. They'd have the worst quarterback of all the teams, right? The Chargers, Raiders, or Chiefs, uh, Lamar, uh, the Bills. I mean, they, they just they have a quarterback now. The Titans, they could beat the Titans, but the Titans are going to be like a four seed. So I, I don't think so. And I, the Browns are good, right? If Chubb's healthy, if Kareem Hunt's healthy, they get their offensive line healthy. Jarvis back, make noise. Yeah, they could win a game, I guess. But I don't think they could make quote unquote noise in terms of winning the AFC. I just don't think he's good enough. And I'm not, I'm not some Baker hater. And some people are like you're just doing Collins' dirty work. You're just your boss tells you to hate Baker Mayfield. No, I honestly I don't even think I've ever talked to Colin about Baker Mayfield. Maybe just beside like on an interview before, but like we don't text about him. I don't care. I, I, I'm in agreement. I and I told him this actually when Baker was coming out. I liked him more coming out than Colin did, but I am in agreement his limitations now. I don't think you can really argue it. Like he is their problem. You put Josh Allen, if they could redo the draft, think about this. If you could redo the 2018 draft, I think the only question is who goes one, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Probably Josh Allen, uh, because I do think Lamar, while he's gotten a lot better early on, you'd have to curtail your offense. And only, you know, Greg Roman was equipped to do that because he had coached with Kaepernick. And he had kind of instituted and taken that Nevada pistol. And he, he was just, he had a unique skill set to be able to do that. Now, Lamar, credit to him, has developed into this passer. But it's a no-brainer who's going one and two. It's one of those two guys. And the other guy's going two, right? With all the problems the Dolphins are having at quarterback, at the moment, an uncertainty about Deshaun Watson, my shout would be to Cam Newton. Got his jag now. <laughs> a jab, I think you meant to say jab. He said jag. But I know what you're saying. We'll open some running uh, playbook options and warm weather. Yeah, the, To a... Uh, you know, the, to me, you draft two a number five overall, even if you're not going to make this trade for Watson. And obviously, as of recording this, they haven't made it. Could happen at any moment. Uh, they are just going to ride it out with Tua. And I, Tua lit up the Atlanta Falcons defense, which is terrible. But you just got to you just got to keep getting him reps and see if he could ever just be a serviceable like top fifteen quarterback. Right? We know he's never going to be a top five guy. I think it's fair to say I, I believe he's never going to be a top ten guy. I think you just ask yourself, can he become like uh, the little left-handed version of Alex Smith? Can he become that? I would say no, but if you're the Dolphins and you've used the fifth pick, now there's also the counter argument of when you make a bad investment in life, if you run a business as a homeowner, as just an independent investor, do you chase that? Right? Like I bought a bunch of stocks over the last year. Every single one of them dipped. All of them. Some dipped 50 plus percent. I had two options. I could either write it out and let it go back up. I guess I had three options. I could write it out, let it go back up, and who knows, maybe it wouldn't. I could sell at an at a loss, you know, and basically just wave the white flag, or I could chase my loss and hopefully one day it would be a gain. Keep investing. It's why my my gam or not gambling philosophy, my investing philosophy, I tend to only buy when things go red. Right, I buy on red days because it's cheaper. Right, and definitely if I buy something at a hundred dollars and then it goes down to eighty dollars and seventy dollars, well, if I love the company, I keep buying more. 
if I do not like the company and I regret it and I don't need the money, I just let it be. If I have to have the cash, then I sell at a loss. Ideally, you don't ever want to sell at a loss. And when you invest the fifth overall pick, you know, that's the equivalent of investing 75% of your portfolio into one stock. So the, the amount of capital and investment they've put into Tua is pretty high. Now, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they've basically just immediately pivoted and they've sold and they just waved the white flag and they basically probably try to pawn Tua off. But what would Tua be worth? I think we talked about that last week when the rumor broke. Could they get a second round pick for Tua? He's halfway through year two. He was the fifth overall pick. So it's it's not like he makes $800,000. I would guess he makes six, $7 million a year. Is he a $7 million quarterback? Maybe. Yeah, probably. But do you want to trade a second round pick for a guy that you're probably not going to give a second contract to? It's a, it's a complicated situation. And it all boils back to they fucked up the pick. They missed. They whiffed. They, I, whiffed would be strong because Tua can, you know, Tua can start games. But they took the wrong guy. Anytime you take the wrong guy at quarterback, it is a devastating pick. It really is. And most people do not get put in the position Steve Kime got into, right? Steve Kime drafted the wrong guy, Josh Rosen. And I, I agreed with his pick at the time. I would have taken Josh Rosen too. Then the next year, he takes Kyler Murray. Best thing he ever did. Smartest pick of his life. And he's made great picks, right? Honey Badger, David Johnson, Buda Baker, they, he traded for Calvin, uh, Calvin, I'm a little, my head's not quite firing on all cylinders. Maybe I got the long COVID or something. Chandler Jones, he's made fantastic moves. The most important move, I guess he traded for Carson Palmer too. But anytime you get a guy on a rookie contract, that is a, it's really, really important, right? And he didn't even have to, he just used his pick next year. To get Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to trade so many first round picks. That sucks. It really sucks because they could just have Justin Herbert. Love the pod. Following you for six months now. I'm a huge Cleveland fan, but I'm not sure about the future at quarterback. With Baker's future on the line this year, it puts the Browns at a tough spot. Do you see a quarterback that would fit in Stefanski's system that could be a big-time playmaker? Rodgers and Wilson seem ideal, but don't have hope of that happening. I would agree. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers not coming to the Cleveland Browns. Love to hear your take. I, You know, Baker fits. Baker works. Case Keenum works. Kirk Cousins works. Matt Schaub works. We've seen average quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo worked for a while. You can run with average quarterbacks in this offense and function. I think ultimately, though, you want a top-flight quarterback. Because if you get a high-end guy, he can function in this offense. Look at Rodgers. And he can do other shit. So I just think you want to get the best possible quarterback. A guy that's accurate, a guy that's mobile, uh, a guy that's really talented. And he'll thrive in this offense. That would be my take. Do you see Zach Wilson as our guy? Uh, lifelong Jets fan. Do you see Zach Wilson as our guy? And if so, what pieces do we need around him to end my decade of pain and misery? I haven't watched that much Jets football, but I would say I, I'm gonna. I'm not going to knock Zach Wilson for poor play this year. Uh, he's, he's injured now, but... The offensive line's banged up. Their offensive weapons are pretty putrid. Their team's in shambles. Their team's in shambles. His offensive coordinator had never called plays. Uh, I think next year, given that they got two first-round picks, and hopefully Becton's healthy, they draft an offensive lineman this year as well, so you're going to have a much better offensive line. Hopefully you add some skill guys. I would go land like a Drake London from USC, put him with, uh, what's the, Elijah... 
Is Elijah Mitchell? No, that's the 49ers uh, wide receiver or running back. Whatever your wide, Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Get a big guy to go with the speed guy. You have a good running back that you drafted, I think, in the fourth round from North Carolina. Carter, the last name. So all of a sudden, you start building around Zach Wilson. That would be my focus. I would do everything humanly possible to build around Zach Wilson. Get them skill guys. Get them, get them impact players. And I, I don't think you can probably even begin to judge him till start of next year. I, I, I really don't. Is he your guy? I, I can't say that. Uh, but do I think he's good or bad? I, I, I'm not going to make a judgment till I judge him next year. This year is a joke. I mean, this year, they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Terrible, as Charles would say. They're really bad. And I, I can't put that on a rookie quarterback who came out early from BYU. Like, that ain't his fault. It's not. I, I put that on the I put that on Joe Douglas. I put that on, you know, Sala and the coaching staff. Uh, I do not put that on Zach Wilson. So I, I would say you just you just gotta wait. <laughs> you just gotta wait till next year. Use a couple of those top picks on offensive players. I would not fuck with the defense till I put everything I possibly could around Zach Wilson. Who do you think is the bigger bust? Josh Rosen or Tua? Well, it's not even close. It's Rosen's, you know, a practice squad level player. Tua is starting quarterback in the NFL. He just threw for 300-something yards against... I know it was Atlanta, but it's Rosen. Rosen, in a crazy way, is one of the biggest busts of all time. Now, it doesn't seem like he's like a bad guy. It doesn't seem that he's, you know, lazy. You know, Jamarcus was like doing drugs. Ryan Leaf was just, at the time, a major asshole. Uh, and didn't study or anything. I, I don't think that's the case with Rosen. I just think he's not very good, which is nuts. I, I thought he was, he can't move. Watch him at practice. He's not that accurate when he was with the Niners. Bad athlete. Uh, just not a very good player. Just If you didn't know he was a top 10 pick and you just put him against some random guy who was an undrafted free agent, you would not know the difference. And whether that's just the case that that first year with Arizona when they were that terrible, it ruined his career, I don't know. I don't, I'd have to talk to people that have spent time around him to get some better insight, but I don't even think it's close. I mean, Josh Rosen will go down. He was a number 10 overall pick, and two years later, he was on practice squads. Practice squads. So Allen Iverson, they're talking about practice. That's the only place he plays is in practice. So it's, Josh Rosen is, just from a pure talent standpoint, well, I think one of the biggest busts we've ever seen. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Make sure you tell your friends, share this podcast, put it in text chains, mention it if you you know people that like football. We're grassroots here. We're just a little blue collar group, you know, trying to make it. Appreciate everyone listening and uh, and have a good day. I will see you later this week, Friday. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.